Hello and thank you for joining us for this edition of HR Radio where we will be discussing the state of leadership. I'm Aditi from the HRO team and this is the first episode in the Modern Leadership series in partnership with Coursera. Pressure is building over leadership skills development coupled with challenges in reporting the impact of soft skills and seeing how hard it is to find the right leadership program HR leaders today have to figure out how to scale leadership training quickly and at a good cost. Today, I'm glad to welcome our guests for this podcast, Raghav Gupta, Managing Director, Coursera APAC, and Gerard Koh, Vice President, People and Culture at NCS. Thank you for joining us today, Raghav and Gerard. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. Hi, Aditi. Hi, Gerard. I'm doing very well as well. Uh, thank you for having me as well. And a big hi to all the listeners who are joining us today. Absolutely. Our pleasure. And I'm excited to get started. So for the very first question, I'd love for both of you to respond. Um, and Gerard, I'll start with you. So what does being a good leader mean to you? And how do you personally manifest this in your life and in your work? Well, I, I think the concept of um, servant leadership really resonates with me. Because as a leader, our job really is to bring the best out of people and to serve the communities that we're in, serve our shareholders and stakeholders, and also perhaps very importantly, to serve the people that follow us. So um, there's this idea that you know leaders um, drinking from porcelain cups may be a bit alienated these days when everybody else are drink, drinking from their uh, paper cups. So this porcelain mark idea of leadership, I think, probably has to go away. And leaders, again, have to center themselves again on being a servant to begin with. Yes, I love that. And the analogy of the porcelain cup. How about you, Raghav? Does that resonate with you in terms of what being a good leader means to you? It does, uh, Aditi. I was listening to Gerard and smiling. Um, <laughs> and, you know, as I think about uh, what being a good leader means to me, I tend to think about this as my three P's. Um, and the three P's here stand for uh, passion, people, and performance. And uh, what these mean to me is that firstly, you know, if I have the opportunity to be the leader of an organization or the leader of a group of people, it is my responsibility to bring a lot of passion to what I do and to be able to inspire people from, you know, them seeing that. And, you know, all of us are human. Sometimes even if one needs to fake it, it's okay. But bringing a lot of passion is, I think, the first thing. Uh, second, people, uh, as a leader, taking care of people is important. Uh, they need to be able to uh, see that you care for them genuinely. And only once you've, you know, brought passion and taken care of people, can you demand high levels of performance. And so, uh, demanding performance comes third. And I also, you know, like to ask myself this question once in a while, why would someone want to be led by me? And that keeps me grounded and helps me think about what being a good leader might mean. Absolutely. Being grounded is such a big part of being a great leader. Now, Gerard, we know you're a football aficionado and it's more than just about the game or winning for you, right? It's about developing the right skills. So can you tell us how have leaders and their characteristics evolved over time and what new skills are required for leaders to influence and motivate the workforce? Well, uh, a big shout out to all the Liverpool fans out there and you know, you never walk alone. I think leaders really have a tough time these days because the environment is 
really a challenging one. Um, and what do I talk about? Well, first is the, the environment is VUCA, right? Um, volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous. And over this last three, four years since the onset of the pandemic, the bounce back and now perhaps a bounce down um, because of inflationary pressures, war and so on, has made the business and the economic environment really tough. So I think the very first skill that leaders really need to grow more of in the future is how to operate in a VUCA environment. Um, at NCS, we train our leaders on this thing called uh, systems leadership. In other words, how do you not just react to events, but begin to see patterns and how these patterns are part of a wider system so that we can solve challenges find solutions for ourselves and our clients in a much more systematic way in a very complex environment. So I, this idea of systems leadership and systems thinking, I think will help our people operate better in a VUCA environment. The second area of skills um, pertain to the really understanding of technology and how uh, it can be very disruptive. Um, to motivate the workforce these days, to perhaps even engage our clients and customers. The world that we expect to see in the next five years being really affected by AI, by data, and so on, is going to be really radically very different. Um, over the last few months, you see the impact and the buzz that ChatGPT had created. And it's real. Uh, it will shake the world as much as, say, 20 years ago when Google came on the scene and social media came on, on the scene. And I think AI will do the same. And I think it's really important that, that leaders appreciate what technology can do or what it can't do, and also how disruptive or opportunistic it can be. And to educate our leaders about technology itself and appreciate it, I think will lead to ultimately cultural change in organizations and how they view themselves um, and how to capitalize on that. Um, the last area really is about engaging people, right? And after all, leadership is about people. In NCS, we, we thought very hard and said, hey, what's our value proposition as leaders to our people? Is to create a value proposition that will help them feel a sense of belonging. Number two, to be able to create an impact in the environment that we set for them. Thirdly, to help them grow. But fourth, is for them to be able to work in inspiring teams not just to have inspiring leaders, but leaders' roles in building teams that are inspiring to each other. And lastly, when it comes down to their careers, people want to be able to start to discover what they can do and what they're best at. And so how as leaders can we mentor our people to allow them that choice, give them the opportunity to upskill in fast and agile ways, but very importantly, to discover what they are passionate about and do their best in. We call this our big ID, you know, B-I-G, idea, you know. Uh, B, belonging, I for impact, G for growth, and I for inspiring teams, and D for discovering career choices. So I think in, in just the skills that leaders have to grow is the ability to work in a complex uh, VUCA environment Number two is to appreciate technology and thirdly to engage our people to deliver the value proposition that your, your company professes to be able to do.
That's really well explained. Thank you so much for sharing your three-pronged framework with us, Gerard. Raghav, I'll be building upon this question and coming to you next. What in your research have you recently uncovered are the most significant areas of leadership that we need to be focusing on? Yeah, we've actually been doing a lot of research on this area around leadership and we've released a recent report, Aditi. It's called The Making of a Modern Leader. Uh, do your employees have the skills to lead through change? And what we've done as a part of this report is we've gone out and interviewed about a thousand people managers in eight different countries across uh, five, six industries. You know, so given Coursera's size and scale, of course, we have a good sense of what kind of leadership trends and skills are we seeing around the world. But we've also actively done uh, this particular piece of uh, research. And um, one of the key things that this report talks about, and this is kind of uh, a good summary of uh, what we've seen, you know, that leadership in a hybrid world, uh, we are increasingly seeing that leaders are agile employees of any age or seniority level uh, who motivate and inspire themselves and others. You know, they set clear goals and ensure accountability from anywhere in the world, given the context of the hybrid world. So we are seeing that the idea of leadership is expanding to uh, people across the organization and going beyond just the business leaders. Uh, there are four um, specific uh, areas that actually this study kind of points out as well in terms of the requirement of leadership within organizations. Uh, the first one is leading the organization itself. The second is leading teams. Uh, so, you know, managers and people managers and so on. The third increasingly is leading transformation. And the fourth, which is very interesting, is leading oneself. And, you know, I've been seeing a lot of the need for leading oneself uh, for the last few years since the pandemic hit. And let me just quickly touch on all four of these. So firstly, leading the organization, you know, along with everything about leading the business and growth. I think the key thing here that we're seeing is in a world where there's so much hybrid, to some extent, remote is still continuing. And we're all still figuring out that in hybrid, how do we work in person as well? This particular kind of aspect of leadership talks about leading organizations with the right skills. You know, We are seeing that through the pandemic, the biggest challenge that has come up, and this is what the research talks about, is ignoring work-life boundaries. You know, you're working from home or working remotely and uh, there are no boundaries anymore. And so one of the areas of leadership is around leading organizations and leading in uncertain times. Uh, the second thing, which is around leading teams, we are seeing the rise of the middle manager and the individual contributor. And the question that this uh, we asked is, how can leaders best motivate teams and Lead by example actually came out to be the number one response that we got. Set clear goals, second, and encourage teamwork was the third response that we got. So that's what we're seeing around that. Leading transformation is the third, and here essentially almost any company is adopting technology and data. So how do you bring you know, uh, technology and data to non-tech uh, people as well? And then lastly, leading oneself, right? How do we build the competencies as a leader, even as an individual contributor. So competencies like problem solving, communication, critical thinking, conflict resolution are more important than ever before. And this report then talks specifically about how one can approach building some of these competencies organization-wide. So that's what we've seen.
Excellent. Thank you. That's uh, very interesting findings and uh, we must check that report out. This is on modern leadership. Now, Raghav, I'm going to continue with you for this next question. Uh, you know, you have mentioned we are looking at very uncertain times. As Gerard was saying, instead of a bounce back, it's become more of a bounce down with, you know, threads of, uh, uh, threats of recession, stagflation. So how, in your experience, can leaders actually lead their teams and the business through uncertain times like today? Yeah, and I think, like you said, you know, we've seen this continuation. I think leaders have seen these challenges uh, for the last three years or so since the pandemic started. And while the business environment, like Javad said, continues to be this whole VUCA world, I think leadership has a very important role to play in all of this. One of the things I spoke about is, you know, the role of tech and data. And we're seeing that, you know, traditionally, Technology product companies, technology services companies have always had many people who understand tech and data. But if you think about other industries, you know, whether it be manufacturing, whether it be uh, consumer product, there are many industries where we've not seen people or wide uh, groups of people understand tech and data. And one of the things that we are seeing leaders do very well is introducing the ability to understand tech and data to a lot of people who actually fear this whole you know revolution that we are seeing around us the second thing that we are seeing is like i said earlier a lot of effective leaders are saying leadership is no longer about senior leaders but about everybody and so how do we actively think about building skills of leading oneself and leading our teams as well and then the third thing is around hybrid right a hybrid world is quite different from what all of us have been used to pre-pandemic and given that this seems like this will continue and this might possibly be the future of how we all work, how do we actively build skills around, you know, uh, working in a hybrid world? So those would be probably some of the ones that stand out to me. I'm so glad Yes, of course, Gerard. Is it okay I add on to what Raga has do. said on this? Yes, please. I, I, I think he's brought up really good points about skills and how understanding technology to use this period to up skill of people is really important and, and that re resonates with me as a, a HR practitioner in a tech firm. Um, indeed, the, the recovery is going to be W-shaped, up and down, up and down. It's not going to be bouncing up or down, but maybe up and down, up and down. And I think the first thing as leaders we have to do is to give our people the sense of safety and security. Without that, organizations who are trying to transform will probably fail. Because if the people does not have a sense of safety or security about fundamental thing about their jobs, it's very hard to transform it. That said, then how should organizations believe to do that is to skill their people, upskill them so that they are future ready. Um, and that has to be a continuous process. I remember about three years ago, during the start of the circuit breaker period in Singapore, uh, where everybody had to be locked down. On the very first day, we had a town hall online, 5,000 people or so showed up. And we had to address the elephant in the room, and that was about jobs. And in NCS, we had a, a significant of people, proportion of people who were on the bench because uh, they could not go on site to work. And that affected, of course, revenues. But um, we made a very bold statement to say that no one will be let go or lose their jobs because of the circuit breaker. And if you're on the bench, you attend training online um, to upskill yourself. I, on hindsight now, I don't know whether we were awfully uh, brave or awfully foolish because we didn't know how long the circuit breaker would last. As it turned out, it lasted about three to four months. 
and people started coming back on site. But unlike other organizations that let go a lot of their tech workforce, we had a workforce that was now future ready because they spent some months training and upskilling themselves. And when the upturn came about last year and the year before, we had a workforce that was ready. A workforce that also felt a sense of belonging because we didn't let them go when times were tough. Right? So that takes some resilience in the leadership to be able to have that conviction to want to do but to use that time very wisely to reskill the people was key to this. Absolutely. I think that was really forward thinking um, advice there. Now, moving on to the next one, and this one's for you, Gerard. One of the many things that NCS has been really good at is creating digital savvy talent for Singapore. However, what are some leadership challenges that your peers continue to face? Because we are continuing the hybrid uh, remote environments mm-hmm. and mixing them with the in-person environments. So what are you uh, doing to help them with these challenges? Well, I think balance is the key. We know that the, the talents these days, uh, and also the organization, to be fair, believe that uh, some amount of remote work is useful. Why? Well, because it gives people flexibility. There's some productivity increase because you, you release on travel time. And uh, also, you are able to tap talents globally. You know, the talents did not necessarily fly in or come in, and they can be working from anywhere around the world where they are most productive. But at the same time, we found that uh, talents who do not come in often enough or not at all were twice as likely to attrit, especially among the first year uh, when they joined the organization. They're twice as likely to attrit because they don't have a sense of belonging. They don't get the coaching that they need in order to navigate the organization and to to learn and grow because there's not enough face-to-face time, right? And therefore, striking that balance is is that challenge. We now know that uh, 100% remote work idea isn't a good one because people don't have that sense of belonging or can't uh, receive the coaching that they need. And therefore having that balance for a significant proportion of time back at the workplace is important. Now, for for NCS, it's key, number one, that we keep in touch with the clients that we serve. And therefore, that face-to-face time is important as much as the client would love that. Secondly, at our workplace, we make sure that we have uh, renovated our workplace to be an invigorating workspace. In fact, it's during the downturn, we spent quite a bit of time and effort when people were all working from home majority of the times to renovate our workspaces to one that has now incorporated wellness into the space. We have just opened a new gym. There's an AI-powered gym. You should come and check it out. About 4,000 square feet. We have opened a new bistro with collaborative workspaces, an innovation center where people can trade ideas, and a very interesting space called the Treehouse. Uh, it's almost like a mezzanine space above where the bistro is, where people can share ideas, do workshops and so on in a very open way. So lastly, actually, technology does play a part. And we built these spaces with hybrid first in mind. In other words, when you go into a meeting room, you can plug in and immediately it's hybrid, right? There's no other buttons to press, no this and that to click, no switches to switch on. Automatically and seamlessly at the workspace, you're hybrid ready. So having that balance is important. But that said also, we do want our leaders to lead by example. 
And so our leaders do come back quite a bit of the time to collaborate with each other and also to have the teams back. Right? So in just really, this hybrid remote thing is here to stay. It's about finding that balance. And that balance does include time to be back, to be coached and have that sense of belonging and then having environment that really encourages that. Absolutely. I agree with you on the importance of finding that balance, even though we do understand hybrid is here to stay. And I am very excited to check out your new workspace. It sounds absolutely beautiful and especially that treehouse and the AI powered gym. Now, Raghav, I'll be coming to you for my next couple of um, quick questions. Uh, firstly, what is your view on learning leadership skills and learning them online? Um, so, you know, one of the things that we did in the context of what I was sharing earlier, that we're increasingly seeing that, you know, leadership skills are for everybody in the organization and not limited to leaders and high potential employees. But a year ago, or maybe a little bit more, we launched something called the Leadership Academy. And uh, what we've done as a part of the Leadership Academy is we've said, look, these are typically human skills, which all of us have traditionally learned in an in-person environment. But how do we now scale this, right? If a company with 10, 20,000 people say, says, I want to provide leadership learning to everybody, how do we do that? So the first thing we did was we said, look, we need to make sure that the content in this leadership academy needs to be top notch. And we've gone out and we've said, look, let's get the world's top universities, you know, and MBA uh, schools to author content. And so 50% of the world's top universities and MBA schools uh, in the top 20 now have content as a part of the Leadership Academy. And then the other thing that we've said is that all of us learn differently, you know, whether it is uh, functional skills or leadership skills. So let's deploy different kinds of content. You know, if I'm somebody who likes to learn bite size, like it is called uh, in the moment, you know, I'm going to present something at a conference and I want to remind myself of public uh, speaking skills, I can come and take a short video. So we call it clips. And there are hundreds of thousands of these clips on Coursera. Then there are many of us who want to build deeper skills. You know, I might want to come and build negotiation skills. And it's probably something which might take 10, 20 hours to build. So we have courses. And then there are people who learn by doing. And so hands-on learning, right? How do I think about running a remote team? Or how do I, you know, build certain hands-on uh, topics? So there are projects and tools which are available. Coupled with that, of course, you know, one does need to work together with peers and colleagues to practice some of these skills. And so we, you know, we run hundreds of programs where many folks who work in companies are learning on the Leadership Academy. And then we work with those companies to say, okay, now that the learning has happened and some amount of hands-on learning has also happened online, can we build a program where some of these skills can be practiced in a real environment? So you, you learn the concept of negotiation now can you actually deploy it in a real world environment? So, so some of those are, I would say, elements of uh, enabling large scale leadership learning at scale online. Thank you so much for talking us through on uh, the features and the amazing things that you've put out there in the Leadership Academy. So with that, um, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gerard and Raghav. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful to be here. And thank you, Aditi and Gerard. Really enjoyed this conversation and learned from you as well. Uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. And we hope our listeners enjoyed this episode and will join us for the next one in the Modern Leadership Series. Take care and goodbye.